Welcome to Michael's Entrepreneur and Leadership Podcast. My name is Michael Thiemann and in this season two of this podcast, I will talk to global entrepreneurs, business experts and thought leaders about all topics which are related to build and grow a sustainable business. I think that you as a founder, as an entrepreneur, as a solopreneur or someone who has an interest in trends, innovation and business models, will receive valuable ideas, experiences, waterproof tips and practical advice on how you can build up your business, scale it and make it sustainably successful. Got feedback? I'd love to hear what you think about my content. Just drop an email to podcast at createfuture.today with entrepreneur and leadership podcast as the subject line and share your thoughts. Feel free to recommend this podcast to your colleagues, friends and family. Thank you. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Entrepreneur and Leadership Live podcast. And in this podcast, I'm talking to global leaders, experts and entrepreneurs about success, key hacks and tricks to build and grow your business. And today I'm so proud to have Arthi Rabbi-Christen on the show. And the topic is neuroagile business today. And just to give you a short introduction to Arti, um, She's a founder and managing director of Prenera Advisory based in South Africa that focuses on neuroscience-based coaching and assessment for individuals, teams and corporates. She's a strategic business consultant to SMEs and what is so inter interesting, introduces these SMEs to alternative funding sources, uh, predominantly like uh, ultra high net worth individuals, family offices, development financial institution and sovereign wealth funds. Arthi is a global keynote speaker um, and on event platforms, summits, advocating for women leadership, career growth and development through their understanding of neuroscience and entrepreneurship. Arthi has served as a round one judge on Africa's Business Heroes ABH competition 2021. And to give you just an idea, ABH is the Jack Ma Foundation's flagship philanthropic program in Africa to support entrepreneurs in all industries. She won in August 21 the, uh, the Positive Role Model Award of Southern Africa in the Entrepreneur and Consultants category at the ninth Gender Mainstreaming Awards. And Not, 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 not the last one in the last year. She won as well the Leadership Coaching Award and Finance Monthly UK Global Awards 2021. And I love her statement that companies and individuals are ecosystems, resilient, synergistic and efficient in working towards a common outcome. And the best, the outcome is, and that I can only stress and support, is mostly and should mostly be aimed to, to be optimal for the people, for the planet, and sure for companies' profits as well and personal profits. And <clears throat> I'm so happy to, to have um, Arthi Dre on my live talk. Arthi, welcome. Wow, Michael, thank you so much. I'm blushing a little bit <laughs> as you're doing that beautiful introduction to me. So thank you so much. I truly appreciate the opportunity to be part of your podcast today. It should be fun. 
Yeah, thank you. I hope I haven't forgot anything because you guys, you have such a fascinating, really you know, great, great um, CV and an experience. And uh, today's topics, I'm quite so happy to talk about it. What is a new agile business? Yeah, because I'm, I like oh. agile thinking, agile mindset. But what is new agile business? Oh, I, I love that you went there straight. That is a passion topic of mine. As you said, you know, I'm somebody who loves the neuroscience. So I'm a little bit of a geek when it comes to, to those types of things. But yes, I mean, we're very familiar with what agility means in the workplace from our systems or processes. And you, Michael, I mean, you've worked with that. So you, as you said, know it very, very well. So in, in essence, you know, agility is about flexibility, adaptability, change management processes, moving with speed to do things. Now, when you add in the idea of the neuro part of it, well, now we're taking things a little bit more scientific, but almost physiologically scientific, because we're starting to think about the human brain and the nervous system. And then once to have, one has to think about, okay, is that even possible? And, and I've actually had this question, is it possible to be agile, using your brain and obviously making sure that you're adapting and, and thinking quickly. And that's exactly what it is all about. The answer, by the way, is yes, because our human brain is plastic and you know this too, Michael. But yeah, the whole idea behind your agility is that we're increasing and adapting the speed ease and flexibility with which we process information as humans. Mm -hmm. And if we can do that, easier, quicker, smarter, faster, more efficient. Can you imagine the impact that that can have on us as individuals and then going forward into our organizations? It's quite an exciting area. And, you know, there's so much to be discovered in neuroscience itself. We're learning and finding out new things every day. So exciting space to be different. So thanks for wanting to talk to me about that today. Great. Thank you. And I think I love the idea because I know you, you have the, the brain is a fascinating thing. You have this slow thinking and fast thinking, and uh, most of, of our time we're doing fast thinking. We're living in heuristics, yeah, and just um, that, yes. that can cause some problems. And then as well, this agile mindset, this growth mindset, really to to find new ways to explore, to test, to learn out of it and to, to grow personally it has much to do how we, our brain is working. And therefore, I, I find this whole approach very, very uh, fascinating and really worthwhile. And um, how would you say is, is a new agility to translate into a business context? What is as well for, for personal Growth, personal development, it's sure your brain is, is, is steering your body, is steering what you're thinking, is steering how you act. But in, in neuroagility, in a business context, how you can explore and benefit uh, from it in, if you I increase agility. Yeah. Fabulous, fabulous question. I love you've extrapolated it to the organizational context. So exactly that. I mean, we can think about the personal development of it. What does it mean for an organization? Is it even possible? And, you know, you even said it in terms of that you liked my, my business tagline, the word ecosystem, right? And businesses are an ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously, I, I'm sure a lot of the people watching are very, very familiar with 
the well-known McKinsey 7S framework, right? Uh, and I'm just going to use that as an example to show the 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 web-like nature of this ecosystem. You know, there's so many moving parts. And if you recall the McKinsey 7S, it shows up as a diagram with all the S's around it, but it shows those interconnections. Mm -hmm. So it gives us a sense that there's connectedness, mm -hmm. that there's also strength, and there's also a need for resiliency. So, you know, if things go wrong, by enabling certain parts to pull and push, you're, en you're enabling that adaptability to happen. Mm -hmm. If there's a chain or link that's broken in any of those, then obviously things start to disintegrate. So, you know, the, the thing that I want people to realize, though, is, you know, all those different elements in, in the seven S's. I mean, you've got structure, you've got systems. Uh, and there's one element there that they call staff, right, which we know is the people element. So the one thing that's underpinning all of these things within an organization is the people, right? People enable structures to be put in place, strategy to be formulated, um, and all of these other things to be done. So if we're thinking about how does neuroagility translate into the business, well, it actually has to come through the people. Mm -hmm. Because if we're building a workforce, a leadership team, and other teams, cross-functional teams that are becoming more neuroagile, it starts to show up in this interconnected web within an organization, showing that actually we've got some people and teams that are very neuroagile working across different areas to create that web absolutely become something that you permeate within an organization and a business context. So, Michael, if you think about it, it's almost as if you're starting at grassroots level because you're starting at the unit one, the person, and as it spreads and grows, it impacts and affects everything else in the organization. So the ability to set strategy, the ability to formulate those structures, the ability to build values that make sense, the ability to even just you know be able to think across boundaries and, and create and innovate those are all things that start with the person. So absolutely, that's the best way to permeate it into an organizational context by starting with the people in your teams, people and the individuals. Oh, that's wonderful. I love that because I always tell my, my companies or I'm as well coaching C-level executives that business is relationships. It's about relationships. Honest, true, trustworthy relationships and a whole organization, and especially in our VUCA times, this volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous times, um, they, you don't have always these root cause relationships. And therefore, if you want really to be innovate, to find new ways, you need people. And you need yep. them a diverse people from different culture, different knowledge, different skills, different experiences, and, and so on. And the, the, the more diverse, the better. And the same is with your brain. What's, uh, in, the more knowledge you gain, the more experience you gain, the more you can combine this knowledge to something new. And uh, I, I love I love the way way you phrase it that this connectedness between people is so so important in business in in all relations in personal in business in in in, in social relationships it's, it's it's the essence essence of our living. Yeah? Yeah, Absolutely, I, you know, I couldn't agree. With you. <laughs> yeah, and. Um, um, in terms of if you're looking at neuroagility and um, what are the similarities 
expertise of of um, the general agility means you know um, you have this agile frameworks in project management and sometimes I think all the time okay a framework is always as a consultant I love frameworks because you can sell frameworks but every situation is different and you can't really one size fits all approaches doesn't work and uh, therefore this agile um, framework if you overdo them they can't can't you can't apply agility to every every situation probably yeah but um Where, where do you see the similarities or why do you see difference of agility in general for an organization? Uh, very, very good question, Michael. You know, I, I actually believe that the similarities far outstrip, um, you know, the, the differences, to be honest. Mm -hmm. It's just thinking about it from a very different paradigm. So a lot of people, especially those who are starting out and wanting to understand the whole concept of neuroagility and how to go about it, you know, the first port of call is to think about what agility means in an organizational context, right? And as we've just discussed, you know, at the end of it, it's really about the relationship management and therefore it's coming down to a lot of what the people can do so yes there's the hard-coded project management type of agility measures that we can use you're very familiar with them as am I but I think the more important thing is is if you look at the driving force behind who has to put that project into place the agility factors that that matter there are some of the most interesting things that you would see similarities with so for example one that stands out for me is um, the potential to minimize the risk for human error. Now, in an agile system, as you said, circumstances are changing. You may not necessarily transfer everything directly, but if you do, you want to minimize impact. You want to minimize error. It's the same with neuroagility. Imagine if somebody could actually, who was so neuroagile and so bilateral in their thinking that if they're looking at a very stressful, difficult situation, they've got the full whole brain picture switched on and they can actually think about and solve problem solve on the go using all the stimuli coming at them mm -hmm. and is actually able to take in so much more information and give you the opportunity for a solution um, that's what it actually enables one to do so you know to be able to process faster one of the big benefits uh, of, of uh, neuroagility, um, to be able to actually build yourself up towards a level of mastery in a, in a particular area, you know, just like we keep fine-tuning systems because we want zero defect, again, you know, minimizing error. You're building yourself up as a person to be somebody who's an expert at what you're doing because you're so unconsciously competent about everything that you're doing, you're putting it out there and people are learning from you and growing from you. Um, Think about it even from the level, and okay, maybe this is not something an agile system would have, but I mean, the levels of happiness that a person could have. Let's take it down to that level, Michael. I mean, when you're neuroagile, you're also, you have that level of self-awareness. There's a certain element, and I'm sure I'll touch on it a bit later, around um, your natural intelligence preferences. So that means you're really understanding what it is that you like doing, and you want to become a master doing that. So if you're liking what you're doing and you're doing it to the best of your ability, you're going to be so happy, motivated, inspired, fulfilled. I mean, you're going to just project positive energy in everything that you're doing. And we know people thrive or actually, you know, even become very desolate if they're engaging with energy at certain levels. So the impact becomes wider and wider and wider. Mm -hmm. Think about things like stress and fatigue management. 
So, all right, a system, a process will not necessarily, you know, get tired. You know, it's running on, on programs and algorithms and things like that. But a person gets stressed out. A person gets fatigued. But you can actually cope with that better. Because as you said earlier, we're talking about mindsets, you know, growth mindsets, positive mindsets. So agility and neuroagility specifically at an individual level actually helps you manage it, cope with it better. And like I said, just brings back so much of engagement. So, I mean, that's just a few of them that I wanted to mention. But, you know, I think we can we can see and touch on the overlaps and see some of the differences between the two. But the idea being that it's a synergistic type of a situation. If you've got people that are very, very neuroagile and you're inputting them into agile systems, guess what? They're going to make those agile systems work even better in the quest for zero defect and minimizing error because they're so highly inclined in that way. I hope that kind of makes sense and, and answers that, um, Michael. Yeah, I think it, it makes perfectly sense. Even in the beginning, you said, okay, um, you want to minimize errors. But sometimes I think even failure or errors, they're kind of a gold standard, if you like, because I learn, learn much more from my errors than if something is running smoothly. Sometimes I even don't know why it's running. Um, if, is it me? Is it somebody else? Or why is it running? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think there's a misunderstanding with this failure. In this agile, you're doing little steps. you testing, you're probing, but you don't dig big steps. It means you don't do fatal, fatal um, steps which could be deadly. You don't want to do that. You're doing little steps in the direction. Yeah. If it's not working, you change direction and you, you're experimenting. And the same you're doing with your brain. You, you, you're surrounding yourself with people yeah. who are other, have other information, other experience than you, and you're much more happy it's because you're connected. Yeah. You can, you be, you have, everybody is an expert in something. And together as a team, you're much stronger. And if, if you can acknowledge the achievements of others and have a common vision as a company or a common, then with a common vision as well, a common mission if you like to 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 for this um, to reach this objective that brings happiness and energy to your to yourself i, I agree completely yeah. and if you look at new agility um and I'm, I'm a great fan of OKRs, this objective and key results. And mm -hmm. I try always to do things which matters. Yeah, I mean, I'm coming really for my vision and setting challenging objectives and then key results yeah. which are measurable. How can you measure yeah. neuroagility? Yeah, you know, it's so important, right? Because people think about it and immediately, as you said, you know, you're looking for well, how am I going to know if this is going to be worthwhile? We'll be looking for the tangibility in terms of what difference this is going to make. Because, I mean, what we're asking people to think about here today is actually investigating, instigating, and spending time thinking about doing this. And I mean, and, and to some level of degree, we are putting systems and, and things in place to enable our people to develop our talent management systems, those types of things. Um, but then, you know, you wonder what's the tangibility out of it. So great question again, Michael. And I think, you know, maybe before I talk about the measurability, let me just also set the scene a little bit in terms of you know, we're sitting at a, at, a, at an age now, let's call it that, where we're now almost 
past the knowledge equals power sort of level of age um where you know the leader had the knowledge um, and therefore they had the power the, the visionaries that we've had we're migrating away from that to the idea that ideas is actually power because knowledge is available at our at our tips right we can google anything on our smartphones on our tablets and all of that things are becoming more cerebral it's becoming brain focused right and it's also about you know that the, the empathy that needs to come into play as well so a level of vulnerability from a leadership team from just general teams as well and we don't quite know where the path is because we're going into uncharted territory um with a lot of these things and as you said you talked about feedback which is so important right the incremental change the feedback loop you do it again now in this in this paradigm we're getting information and feedback from every direction it's not just this linear sort of a process as we talked about the interconnected web so if you're trying to figure out how to measure that it becomes sometimes difficult to understand if i'm developing as a person how do i know if i'm developing in the right way now from a neuroagility perspective there is a way to actually do it and there is a way to measure it and it in fact that's that's one of the the assessments that i actually undertake with um people and executives that i'm working with where this kind of two parts to it the first part is actually dealing with your neuro design very simply put how is my brain wired you know so at this point in time arthi is standing in front of you and how is she responding and 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 taking in all of the information that michael and her are having in this conversation and within that there's seven dimensions that are measured and you know i'm not going to go into detail about it it's a little bit of a jargon in day but in essence it's mapping your brain helping you to understand how are your synapses working how are your neurons being fired up what do you prefer what are your sensory uh, preferences in terms of making sense of the world around you so we we grabbing that level of the sort of dna or blueprint of who you are today um and obviously you know not discounting the experiences that you had because experiences make you what you are but it's helping you understand you know how are you processing and how are you making sense of those experiences and putting it out into the world as a result of that the lenses that you're using mm-hmm. the second part of the of the understanding or measurability is now that we've got the blueprint how are we going to actually optimize it So what are we going to do to strengthen this beautiful DNA signature of ours which is unique by the way mm-hmm. um and, and what are we what are we going to do to make sure that it's working at its optimum at its peak performance and there there's six key drivers that we look at and you know these are these are things that we know about um it's not unknown but sometimes we almost need to consciously remind ourselves that if we're doing these things it's actually impacting our ability to think and our ability to respond so it's things uh, michael like brain fitness i mean work out for the brain brain gym we do it for our bodies right to get it's the last time we actually spent time ensuring our brain was fit okay so that's one of them something as simple as sleep for example and i mean you know you've also done some some work and 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 all of that around sleep um but the impact that that has on the functioning of the brain right the, that's the only time our brain actually gets to sort out 
however many hours of the day we've been awake and we've taken on everything, it's the only time it actually gets to filter it and store it. And if you want to think about it in processing terms, file it away into the right places before we start all over again. As soon as our eyes open and we can make sense of things happening in the world, our brain is, is properly fully switched on. So things like sleep, things like diet, um, you know, what we feed into our bodies, everything nutrient-wise goes to the brain comes back into the book. So it's like, you know, these sort of things. So it's it's six factors on that side, seven factors on your design, helps you to understand what is your neuro agile makeup. And beyond that, if you then undertake interventions. So say, for example, now we, we know what Michael's neuro agile design is, and there's key things that's, that's flagged in terms of what could help him move the dial, become more flexible, and you undertake, you know, to consciously do things to help you in those areas. Over a period of time, we can then remeasure with the test. And when you remeasure, you can then obviously see the changes that have happened. Mm. So you can tangibly say, have I actually increased my levels of brain fitness? And how is this actually permeating what I'm doing? Am I problem solving quicker? Am I solving complex problems? Am I thinking up new ideas quicker? You'll feel it. You'll know it. But here you've got an opportunity to tangibly see whether your interventions have worked. So yeah, very important around the measurability and it's very possible to do it. Very, very possible. No, it's, 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 it's fascinating. It means the, the, the whole brain, the whole thing is complex. It means it's your body, very, your nutrition, you, you feed your body with nutrition and uh, you need that as well to think the proper minerals. Um, and the same is sleep. Your brain is tidying up during sleep. The brain is multitask, doing multitasking. It's running the heart. It's running whatever you do, what you think. And therefore, you have this fast thinking, slow thinking uh, version most of the time is it's fast thinking because you're just living in heuristics and uh, which is sometimes misleading and what you said as well means we are built out of our experiences because the experiences is our ident our dna what makes more or less our heuristics you have all this deja vu and My problem of people who go growing old is always you have this deja vu means you don't You're not very careful in watching and, and listening because you have all this deja vu and you're putting everything in categories and you don't see the details anymore. Yes. And that is dangerous because then you're always in this fast thinking track, what could be so misleading and give you the wrong answers and the wrong decisions. And therefore, you have as well to train your brain again, what you said, to do slow thinking. Yeah, you need other information and to, to, to dwell on and to, to, to stretch your brain muscle and to learn again this slow thinking, especially if you're getting old, this deja vu is a dangerous thing yeah? because nothing is the same. Everything changed. Life yeah. is constant change. And to, to, to compare everything with the past is not helpful to, to, to find a solution for the future sometimes. I agree there completely with you. Not at all. And, you know, the, the, the interesting thing, you know, as you're talking as well, you, you know, we're talking about age being a factor. You know, there's also the whole, you know, we know we're living under stressful times, okay? Um, and, and 
you know, everyone sort of asks, you know, I'm through stress, I plow through, I get what needs to, to get done. And then obviously your stress levels subside. But, you know, have we actually consciously thought about what is actually happening to our brain when we are under stress? Or if we're experiencing extreme fatigue, because that's another thing that causes our brain to actually become dysfunctional. And I say become dysfunctional because I'm talking about what you're saying about fast thinking and slow thinking. When you're under extreme stress, your brain, or at least parts of your brain that are not dominant in terms of how you prefer to think, actually switch off. Now, can you imagine that, Michael? You're in a stressful situation where you want to be trying to think at your best with full clarity, but actually what's happened is because you're possibly not agile or neuroagile enough, Parts of your brain are actually switched off because it needs to focus on getting some something done in the way that you normally prefer to get it done. So it means you're missing out a whole lot of information. So you're trying to do fast thinking, but actually in times of stress, you need slow thinking. You need to be able to bring everything in so you can give the best response possible. So yeah, I, I just wanted to mention that because you know it's so on point what you're saying about that. Um, and, and if we're, if we're starting to think about neuroagility in the organizational context where we know people are putting out fires all the time, right? Stress levels go this way and that way. Surely you want your people to be bringing the best to their decision making. You don't want parts of their brains to be switched off. So how do you ensure that they're engaging with everything in front of them? So they're bringing the best from a productivity level, from a happiness level. So I just wanted to make that point as well. No, and that is uh, so true and very valuable. This this point you're bringing in here because this fast thinking is helps because otherwise you can't live. You need this fast thinking because you have you need automatism in 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 terms of what you do and how you can decide quickly without losing too much energy. But in a stress situation, normally human behavior is to flee, to 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 wreck in a, in a, to run away. And sometimes yeah. it's the ex extremely wrong decision uh, running away. You have to be even more focused on the problem and find quickly a solution. Yeah? And yeah. that's as well what people have to learn as well, not to dwell all the time about problems. Sometimes you have as well to mm -hmm. dwell about what solution is possible. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, absolutely. Um, and that brings us again for this, I love the organization as well, the culture of organizations as, as well. In the society, the, the culture is more as your back experiences and it's, it's in, engraved in the brains of, of a society. And you, sometimes you have an, uncon and it's, for some, it's an unconscious bias, a culture, if you like, and you're using all this, mm -hmm. this fast thinking approach there. And if you want to have a culture change, you have to question your old assumptions about is this experience based on the assumption still yes. holdable in today's situation? And um, mm -hmm. otherwise, culture change is very, very difficult. And that probably brings me yes. more or less to, already to the, to the next questions. Uh, and the question is more or less, how can you really um, embed new agility within business framework? Yeah. You know, I'm so glad you brought in the, the idea of culture and what that does because you know everyone everyone talks about culture as a top-down initiative uh, you know maybe my words are quite deliberative it's an initiative it's stated culture and and, and all of that on but pink, we know pink, with pink ink on paper the culture 
<laughs> exactly, right? But but we know that culture is actually driven from the bottom up, right? It's the subcultures that permeate, that then form the bigger team cultures, then ends up forming the organizational culture, which probably doesn't always marry with the stated culture. Um, and then, then we suddenly realize, okay, there's a problem here and there's unhappiness levels and, and all of that. Um, so if we're talking about culture and if we're talking about neuroagility and how do we actually bring this in, in an organizational context, as I said, it has to happen at that grassroots level. That's not to say that your leadership team and all of that is not also going to be doing neuroagility, but they can't be the only ones who are actually looking at it. You can't have leadership responsibly solely for everything. It is an ecosystem. We're going to go back to that analogy again. And if it's an ecosystem, yes, you've got a passionate leader who's driving things in an organization, but everybody else needs to follow and, and, and be aligned and engaged and want to be doing that too. So, you know, it's it really needs to form the DNA of your business. It's about knowing your people, knowing how they work in a team, how do they function across teams? And the realization that if we are aligning people's neurological design with what they do, if we can explain why they're passionate about their job and we help them to do more of that, they're going to enjoy work. They're going to be energized. They're going to be excited. They're going to be happy. They're going to be in flow with their thinking. So what we've been talking about in terms of coping with stress levels, in terms of innovating, in, in terms of that fast and slow thinking and bringing in the slow thinking when we need it the most, people are going to be able to do that. So, you know, I, I always say to, to clients that I'm working with that there's kind of seven steps in the process if you want to get started, okay? Um, the first one, and you already alluded to this, Michael, is we actually need to understand our triggers, um, our opportunities, our gaps. Mm -hmm. So what am I talking about? We need to become more self-aware, right? And, you know, the, the reality is, is there's no getting away from it because if you want to actually unlock this unique signature that's within your business, people need to know themselves before they can actually give off themselves, right? And once you know yourself, then step two is, okay, how do I now use this and then stretch my perspective, how do you do that? Brain fitness. So there's different things that you can do in terms of that, whether it's app-based, whether it's, you know, taking on a new challenge, a new skill that you want to learn, things that allow your brain to think differently from the routine. So it challenges you. It's a bit of a blindside in a way. And it's saying to your brain, let's look at this. And your brain being this phenomenal organ that it is actually is excited to do new stuff. It wants to grow new, new neurons and new synapses. So, you know, feed it feed it. Um, the third step would be look for ways to enhance your critical thinking. You know, yeah. too often I find people are saying, but we're kind of doing things superficially. Where's the depth? Critical thinking is what gets us to that depth. It's about probing. It's about asking those questions. And when your people know their triggers, can stretch their perspective, they're starting the process of enhancing their critical thinking at the very base level. There's lots of work to be done. But it's really about bringing that curiosity to everything that you're doing and just wanting to know a little bit more because mm -hmm. that's what's going to get you to a bit more detail. Mm -hmm. The other thing we want to do is find ways to increase resilience to stress. As I've just mentioned, you know, stress switches parts of your brain off. We don't want that to be happening, Michael, not in this situation. If you want a neuroagile organization, you want people to bring their best 
when you need it the most. So we need to put in steps to how do we make sure people are resilient to that? How do they overcome it and thrive beyond it? You know, step five for me would be going into some of these other factors that I mentioned on the optimizers, like, you know, what nutrition are you having? Maximize your brain food. Yes, there is brain food, you know, things that, that help our brain work even faster and better, those nutrients that you talked about. The sixth step would be physical movement. Physical movement means we're putting more oxygen in the body, right? Let's go back to our biology here. Oxygen is flowing in the bloodstream to our, our brain. Our brain is sending the messages all over the body. When we're moving and we're exercising, we're bringing more energy. That energy is going to your brain and your brain is now all of a sudden on fire and it's doing a lot of brilliant things. So let's do that. Move your body. It has impact on your brain. And then the important, and maybe it's one of the most important ones, Michael, step seven, is your mindset. Shifting that mindset. You started talking about biases, prejudices. You know, the more you get to know yourself, the more you realize how biased you are. Yeah. And that's the unfortunate yeah. thing. We are biased. I'm not we are an biased exception. in so many ways. <laughs> Without exception, exactly. And the more we understand that, the more we are consciously aware of it, the more we can start to shift away from it, the more we can embrace diversity. In fact, diversity is something you almost hungrily want to capture because it's offering you that new perspective. So, step two, stretching your perspective. So, you can almost think as a mindset shift, as all almost helping the brain fitness in a way because you're starting to look at things from different perspectives. Yeah. So yeah, so those would be like some of the ideas around how we can actually embed it in an organization. It, and it's a lengthy process. It's not going to happen sequentially. It's going to happen incrementally, iteratively. There's going to be setbacks. But if you're in the process, it becomes easier as you get into it. Practice makes perfect. So it, it definitely is a big change. It's a big change for organizations yeah, to do this. I, I love it. I think for organization, some, some, some are easier. I mean, if you have a canteen, you can offer healthy food. You have a gym mm -hmm. or offer some sport facilities or switch off the elevator. People yeah. should walk the stairways and you can do so much. And as a leader, <clears throat> what you said just at the beginning, A leader without a team is not a leader. And what defines a company is, is right. well, a common values. Means as a team, yeah. you have to share some values. If you don't share the same values, it's difficult to work together. Yeah? And yeah. it's not only the vision it's as well. You, have, you need this positive vision for a common future, yes. But if you're operating yes. from different values, it's tough. And that you have to understand yeah. as well as a company that You have to get rid of people who doesn't share the values as a company you want to to live as well. I mean, it's, it's important. Otherwise, you're you're compromising the good energy within the team. Yes, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. And there as well, agile means as well to act quickly. It means. Uh, Get rid of people as well personally. Don't be surrounded by people who are negative and pulling you down. The same with the company. Get rid of people. I don't say lay off people, but get rid of people who doesn't really <clears throat> contribute to this idea because they don't share this value. They don't share this vision. And uh, especially in large companies, lots of people who are fatigue with this company idea but they don't leave because it's a safe salary but it's another issue we don't want probably to to to, to dive 
too deep into it, but it's so valuable the tips you you're giving here um, for 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 companies as well. And some are quite easy to 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 to, to use, like a canteen, sport, uh, cross-functional teams, diversity, not only gender or age, but as well neurodiversity, because you have as well some some. Uh, disabled people who are um, autists, they could be very valuable in in, in, in the team because yeah, they see these things differently yeah? and, and so on. Exactly. And bringing customers, bringing all stakeholders in in your workshops as well and, and so on and so on. Some are easier to do, some have much to do with as well with the management process. If you look at the from universities, um, you have still this, you, they're teaching this command control style. A company is a machine, yeah? they're mimicking a machine. Uh, human resources, I hate this word, it means it already tells everything that a human is just an re input resource. And yeah. the companies have to look more on the potential on people, what they can do in future than in only to see, I use this person because he just fit into this little spot there and then he's doing his red race. It's yeah, not very. Yeah. It's not, it's not a big agree. future for a person working in this company <laughs> if he's treated like that, or. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and I love what you said about you know the the potential of people, and you know this is the thing. You know, we talk about managing talent. Another phrase that I have my my gripes about, right? We talk about managing talent, right? But the idea that we need to get to is that everybody, everybody, even those that seem difficult and I use the word seem difficult because it means that there's incongruency somewhere whether it's at a values perspective whether there's something more deep-seated that's happening but it's causing them unhappiness let's put it that simply mm -hmm. right but if you're tapping if you're if you've got the mindset that actually I want to take a first mover advantage of tapping into the potential of my workforce then I think it's an absolute game changer in terms of what you're going to do because you're not now just putting, you know, generic talent management, trying to uh, trying to bring up high flyers and you're not quite sure what to do with everyone else. You're taking the view that every single person within your business has a potential for success if you know exactly what it is that you would can do to enhance their productivity, their happiness, and make the best use of their unique signature, their brain profile. Can you imagine if you're engaging every single person in that manner, in a workforce of, you know, whether it's a few or whether it's thousands across the globe, Michael, Absolutely. that makes significant difference. Significant. I, I, I love I, I looking always in potential. I'm coming from capital to markets. I'm looking always in the future. What is the future development? I'm not interested in the past development, my past achievements. Yeah. Okay, there are your stripes on your shoulder or whatever. It's like an award. It's, it's nice, but yeah. it's not a guarantee that you probably you, you used your full potential at, at 100%. You don't have any further potential. Then, as a company, I have even to say, okay, this person. He's used his full potential. I need probably those people who are under their potential to increase and to, to, to use their potential is probably easier than to, to try to get a high flyer even more work on his shoulders. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So we need to think about the different ends of the scale. Like you're saying, whether it's a graduate coming in, somebody who's been in the corporate space for a while, or somebody who's about to exit everybody still has potential for more. And it's just because of this wonderful thing about plasticity of our brain, 
If we actually give our brain the opportunity to new, to do something different, to learn something different, you're opening up a whole other segment that wasn't there before. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's what I think to understanding. Yeah, I, I, I agree there totally. The time is passing. Uh, <laughs> we're only 40 minutes. Um, for for I'm, my podcast is really for entrepreneurs and for for leaders, and um, I'm quite heavily involved in startups like you as well. And if you look at startups as a founder of a companies, what yeah. would your your three or four or two biggest tips they should do in really to increase or uh, to unlock their neuro agility yeah. brilliant you know and i think as a startup my, myself being a startup as you said it's just easier for us to get this right at the outset michael mm -hmm. so if anything grab the bull by the horns if if the idea of neuro agility is something that you think you can you can You should not even you can, but you want to make part of the DNA of your business as an entrepreneur or a startup. It's the best time to do it. So firstly, just realize that you're doing something custom, just as you're creating a custom business with your unique offering. Make sure that you're customizing how you're bringing in people and how you're developing yourself as a founder or entrepreneur, as a leader to be more neuro agile. Treat it as being custom with your people as it is with your service or your product offering. And if that's the way you're treating it, it means, second tip, you're actually going to put time, you're going to put care, and you're going to dedicate focus towards getting it right. And yes, it may seem a bit tedious at the beginning, but actually, because you're starting at grass, grassroots level, it gains momentum very quickly. And people that come into the, into the business over time, if that's Uh, if that's the playing field that they're into, they're going to get running very, very quickly. So bring in support partners as you need to get it right, but definitely treat it as something custom and put in the time, care, and dedication to it. And like you said, Michael, some of the steps to put in are actually not that difficult to do, so you can do it today. So very easy. Just get it. Just get going with it. That's it. No excuses. Wonderful. <laughs> um, When people want to contact you, just uh, I have to ask, how can people best contact you? Yeah. Oh, perfect. Thank you, Michael. Um, so I am available on my website, www.prenaadvisory.com. You can just, contact me just, there. Please, <laughs> please do connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm on all socials, so LinkedIn, Facebook, um, uh, Instagram as well. Uh, please, I'd love for you to connect, and I can share the handles with you afterwards, Michael, so you can add that for everyone to have a look at. Yeah, thank you, thank you. I think it's um, for, probably you have the last last phrase for um, what is your biggest takeaway from last year with with or last two years for COVID, how agility can help, especially lots of companies who are struggling yeah, because they didn't do digitization in the last 20 years or especially their business model is uh, more difficult like an actor or what, what can they do in terms of agility? How can they learn? Should they use NFTs or what is what's your tip there? Now, you know, to be to be quite honest, Michael, you know, if anything, if you haven't started moving your business to be more agile already, right, don't feel as if you've missed the boat. Because to be honest, you know, and, and we always say that, are we in a rat race here or are we in a space where we're missing out things? Absolutely not. If you haven't started, start today. 
you know, the opportunities are there. We've come so far in terms of how people have adopted technology, for example, in terms of doing things like this, you know, across the globe, like what we're doing. So if you haven't adopted something like that in terms of being more agile as a business, then, you know, by all means, start today. There's no there's no shortage of time in terms of what you can do, but there will be a shortage of time if, you know, after some time things have passed and, and you're kind of thinking, okay, I wish I'd done this when I thought I could do it because by maybe a little bit too further along, you know, this, this imagination age that we're moving into, it's really about, you know, the unknown and charting it. So, you know, I would just say, make sure you're, you're giving it a go now. And if you're thinking about neuroagility, Put people at the center of it from the outset and start building it from there. So, you know, just wishing all of our entrepreneurs, our leaders success in, in what they're doing for the year ahead and um, go forth and build really, really agile and neuro agile businesses, because that's going to be your competitive advantage going forward. That's a great, great closing word. Arthi, thank you so much for being today my guest. And I learned so much today, to be honest. It's really it's fascinating. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the beautiful questions and such a pleasure to be here. Thanks, Michael. Thank you. Bye. Got feedback? I'd love to hear what you think about my content. Just drop an email to podcast at createfuture.today with entrepreneur and leadership podcast as the subject line and share your thoughts. Feel free to recommend this podcast to your colleagues, friends and family. Thank you.